Welcome to Ballers with Babies. I'm Mark Willard. Today we know so much about what athletes and sports personalities do, but not so much about who they are, what makes them tick. What's life like the moment the stadiums and TV cameras go dark? Most go home to their families. We want to know what that after hours experience is like. Ballers with Babies explores their upbringing, their home life, how it's affected by their high profile job, and how that high profile job is affected by the home life. On Ballers with Babies, we talk to some of the most interesting names in sports and find out how they're even more interesting than we realize. And don't worry, diehard fan, we'll get to the important sports questions as well. This is your favorite people like you've never heard them before. I hope you enjoy. Okay, let's get him in here. Norm Chow, longtime coach, Ballers with Babies, one of the top offensive minds over the years in football, I'd say. And, of course, I know you as a guy who uh, simply just has a grandson playing flag football against my son, which is a ton of fun. (laughs) So I got to – when you – what are you thinking about when you now watch youth football? I've got to think uh, the coaches of those teams are pretty intimidated to have you in the stands. <laughs> no, come on. You, you, you just want young people to have fun. What, what are they, eight, nine years right. old? They need, to, <laughs> they need to enjoy the sport. Unfortunately, some of these coaches, I mean, they think they're winning the, playing in the Super Bowl and, and get too serious about it. Yes. But no, you just want them to have fun and, and, and play a variety of sports and enjoy things. You know, <laughs> I, I, I wonder about because I struggle with that too. Even the, the idea of club sports, um, because it gets to be year-round and it can be intense and it can be expensive. And something you just said there is what I always fall back on is like, I, I just want to pay attention to, are they having a great time? Because if they're not, even if they're really good, they're, they're what? They're burnt out by the time they're 15, right? No, I had no question. And it's so important that parents understand that. Unfortunately, there's so many parents that live in this world where, you know, they're all their kids are going to be the next Aaron Rodgers or the next Tom Brady or the next LeBron James. And as you know, the numbers just don't, don't, don't show that. So why not let young people that go and enjoy and carry on and, and make sure they do well in school? I mean, all the, the normal cliches that until it happens to your own son or your own grandson, you know, it's easy to talk about, but sometimes parents don't see that. Give me the lay of the land now with the, uh, the entire Chow family. How, how many kids, how many grandkids, what, what do we got there, Norm? Well, uh, how about this, Mark? This December, my wife and I will have been married for 50 years. Amazing. Uh, four children. Of course, I, I keep telling people we were both married when we were 12. So, uh, four, four, cho- four children and uh, nine grandchildren and enjoying every minute of it. Uh, you know, it, it, I was a gal who understood coaching and, you know, all the travel and all the, the stuff that goes along with it. And then basically she raised our kids and we have four children and all married. And nine grandchildren, so we're doing okay. Is everybody, okay. yeah, everybody pretty spread out, or do you see them a lot? Are they no, around? No, 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 seven of them almost daily. Um, our youngest lives up in uh, Sherman Oaks, but he doesn't have any. Not they don't have any children yet, and we have two granddaughters that live over in Hawaii. So our time spent over there was was special because we got to see them, and they get to go back and forth. And I, my wife goes back and forth, so we get to see all nine on a pretty regular basis. And we also know how fortunate we are because of that. All right, let's go back to uh, now when you watch football, whether it's youth or or even just uh, you know at higher levels on TV. What what are you thinking about when you watch others call a play? Like what goes into the art of a good play call? Uh, well, I, I guess I guess I'm at a point where I just enjoy the game for the game's sake, and then really 
enjoy the the Dodgers a lot more than watching football. Okay. You know, I've watched so much tape and all that, but you know, just try to enjoy the game. And and, and obviously, you're going to question guys because you see certain coverages and, and why aren't they attacking the coverage or they are attacking the coverages. And I, I think that's what I enjoy about pro football. Those coaches are so well-versed in this. And the game has gotten so sophisticated defensively that, uh, you know, it takes time. And that's why they have to work so hard to get to get the things done right. But, no, I just try to enjoy it. Uh, I like watching scores. I like watching friends of mine coach. And, and you know, just it seems kind of kind of enjoy it. I, I, I don't miss the schematic part of it because it takes a lot of work. Yeah, and I didn't even know this until recently, but you, you coached at the uh, at the high school level not too long ago. How, how is that different than the, the college or the pros? Basically the same, Mark. Um, I, I, my son is a school teacher. My second son is a school teacher in Miracosta, and he helps there. So I, I, I've just gone down and just visit with him and talk with him. And, and he does coach the quarterback, so he and I get to visit off the field. But it's the same. It's the same. I, I, I just think that the level of commitment obviously is different on every level. But, you know, you still attack a cover three. You still attack a cover one and, and, and do the best you can and anticipate and, and guess with what the defense is doing, I guess. But uh, it's the same. Schemes are the same. The, the coaches are very good on the high school level as well. It, did you do some stuff with Big Mike Williams too? You know, <laughs> I, I, I heard that. I, I really didn't. I, I know Mike and Mike and I talk all the time, but no, I really didn't. I heard that I was coaching up there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I could find the high school. Mike and I have stayed close. What a great story that is. Yeah. Can, and, you, uh, can you tell that? I, cause I didn't know this either that he, now he's coaching up in Van Nuys, right? Yes. 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 He is. You know, he, he, um, he was, um, as you know, us, a high profile receiver at USC and then didn't quite uh, make it in the pros like he wanted to do, played around, stuck around for a little bit, kind of went through a little dip, but then just got himself together and, and he runs a couple of foundations and, and his own foundation and he, he coaches in Van Nuys and wants to give back. It's really a nice story. He's a terrific young man that's come a long way and, and um, that's the kind of stories that you like to hear about. You know, who remembers that he knocked over the UCLA corner one time? I mean, just knocked him out and caught a <laughs> caught a little pass that you and I could have thrown. But uh, what's important is he's a terrific young guy and a, and a very good football coach. I love the way that you st- uh, stated, I heard that I coached with him, but I, even though I never <laughs> did, what, what, is, what, what is that like to hear stories about yourself where you're like, well, that didn't happen at all? Yeah, well, huh? what? what? You know, I, I don't know, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all done. But Mike and I have visited for, you know, we talked ball a little bit and trying to put his stuff together. I know he's struggling they're getting these kids out. You know, high school football, that's another story, Mark. High school football, the numbers, as you know, are down, and, and they need to do something to improve that. What do you think they need to do? I mean, we do hear that the future of football is in doubt. Some people believe that. Some don't. What do you think? Well, you know, this, this injury stuff, this concussion stuff, obviously, is very, very real. But I think the, t- the sport needs to, to calm that down a little bit, and I I think Pete Carroll did a nice thing when he when he talked about a different way to tackle. They need to be careful with the rules. You know, you, you, you tell your offensive lineman to stick your 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 helmet right in the guy's. I, we used to call it the middle number. You know, right between the two numbers, stick your hat right in there. Well, you can't do that anymore. You can't even talk like that anymore, or you're you're in trouble. So I think they need to continue to to show that they're trying to improve the safety of the game, and then you need to find you need to in my mind. Mark, and I, I don't know if I'm going to offend anybody, but you need to really train coaches, especially high school and, 
and young, you know, uh, youth coaches. To, to, you know, football coaching, too many of them think it's yelling and screaming. Ah, you know, you got to get after it. Oh, you got to do this. You gotta. Well, that's not what that game is all about. You know, there's a lot involved to it. And, and yes, it's a very violent game, but, but you need to teach proper principles. I think that's critical. You know, and, and I've seen you do that even at the highest levels. Like, I, I, I was always interested in going back to the USC days, like, you and Ed Ogeron are on the same staff. And there, there's, there's Ed out on the field, uh, not taking a breath the entire day and screaming the whole time, <laughs> even, though, even though it's kind of uh, enchanting the way he, he does it. <laughs> right? And then there's you, who's just, you know, like Tony Dungy quiet. So do, do you think even at the highest levels, guys to be, need to be as intense as they often are? Well, I, I don't think you take the... Uh, maybe not uh, being so loud as being as not having the intensity, if you will, because everybody wants to win. Everybody, you know, feels the pressure of winning, especially at the levels that you know Ed's at and the and the pool level. But you know, these people just go about doing it a different way because, despite you know what you know Ed and, and that crazy di- dialect that he has, he's teaching. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's yes. teaching all all the while. He's really teaching, and and that's that that's really cool about him. All those guys you coached over the years, the quarterback list alone is huge. Rivers, Leinert, Steve Young, Carson Palmer, Ty Detmer, and I could go on. Uh, do you consider them family? Of course. Yes, we do. We still stay in touch. Uh, not as much as we'd like to do. In fact, the wife and I were walking today on the Strand and saw Matt Leinert's name up. He's selling real estate now. I've got to get a hold of that guy. And, and uh, <laughs> I talked with him not too long ago. But, oh, yeah, we stay in touch. Talked with Carson not too long ago. Saw Philip, uh, my son, and I went down to – my oldest son is, a, is an attorney who's a sports agent, and we went down to watch the Saints and the Chargers practice and had a chance to visit with Philip. Oh, yeah, there's that, no question about it. You know what, Marco Paul? And I was very blessed to coach good good quarterbacks, but more importantly, they're all good people. And you know, visiting with visiting yeah. with Philip visiting with Philip is like visiting with him when he, when he was 19 years of age. I wonder how he's handling everything. He's still driving up and back from San Diego and he's got all the eight kids, I think. And now, you know, he's, he's playing right up the road from where we are there in Carson and, and Norm, I'm not sure anybody knows what, you know, what, are, what are your thoughts on the chargers being in Los Angeles? Uh, it's sad. I think it's unfortunate that they have to compete because for, for whatever reasons, the Rams are the team, you know, the Rams always get the front pages of, Sports section, and you got to turn the pages to look at the Chargers, and you know they're playing with what what twenty seven thousand people. I just think it's unfortunate that they have to leave San Diego for whatever reasons. I'm sure they have their reasons, but you know with SC, UCLA, the, the, the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Rams, you know that, that's tough business to compete with, and unfortunately they're finishing second. Uh, I can remember uh, when you were at USC, there were always rumors about head coaching gigs, and it always seemed like for whatever reason. Uh, each gig, you know, wasn't maybe the the perfect fit, and and I wonder wh- why was that? How much did you actually want to be a head guy, and then what led to you finally doing it at Hawaii? Well, I, I you know, Mark, I I never aspired. I learned from the guy that that I admired that taught me. He said, you know, there's two types of assistant coaches: those that aspire to be head coaches, and those that just wanted to go to work every day. And 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 there's rule for both. There's need for both. And I just decided I was going to be the guy who just went to work every day. And then, uh, you know, there were there were not many opportunities, a lot of talk about it. But uh, you know, I, I, and he the other advice he gave me was he said, you know, when 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 a, when an AD or a president of a university wants to hire a coach, they have a kind of a person in mind. 
you know, a tall, dark, and handsome guy or a <laughs> short, you know, whatever. Would they have an image of a guy that they would like to hire? And I told myself, not many people are going to want a fat old Chinese man. So I, uh, <laughs> and that's not going to, that wasn't going to change. So, uh, you know, when opportunities presented itself, uh, uh, you, you kind of, you try to, you know, look into those deals, but that, that was never a big dream of mine. And then when the Hawaii thing opened up, even then I was a little reluctant because I certainly enjoyed my time and wish I could have spent more time at the university of Utah. Who, who are doing a great job right about now. Right. Well, so, and I wanted to ask you about that time, you know, at the end of your career, back, back to Utah, your alma mater, but just for one season, and then you get to coach in Hawaii, and that's where you're from. So what were the emotions like at that time? Well, I, 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 I you know, I enjoyed Salt Lake. I mean, I, I, I went to degrees there, met my wife there, her children were born there. And I didn't want to leave. I, I really enjoyed Kyle and, and the program they got going. But, you know, Hawaii, my I had two, two grandchildren there and not, not much else. So it wasn't like this dream job that I wanted. But, but uh, you know, a chance to be a head coach maybe late in my career, but almost 60 or, or at 60, really, is a little older than that. But, uh, so, you know, we took a chance. And, and professionally, you have to make decisions. You have to move. And you can't regret what you did. You know, I wish I'd have stayed at NC State a little longer. I enjoyed Philip, But uh, that just doesn't – the profession doesn't quite work out that way all the time. As you know, in your profession as well, timing yeah. is so important. Absolutely. Timing is so important. Absolutely. What, it, what was childhood like in Hawaii, Norm? Well, I never left the island until I left to go to college. I had a great mother and dad. You know, didn't have much, but didn't realize that we didn't have much, if you will. You know, both my right. mom and dad worked and had a, you know, played all the sports. And, and it was a it was a fun time in our lives. And, and really, my mother and dad, as I look back, you know, even though we, you know, we didn't have too much, we, we never ever felt that way. We had everything we needed. A baseball during baseball season, a basketball <laughs> basketball and football. So, so it, was, it was fun. I mean, you know, I had two brothers, I have two brothers, but not much there anymore. My oldest daughter. I have one daughter, uh, and she moved back over there and married a fellow, so that's where they make their living. So that, that that's the only connection, really, that we have family-wise. Okay, quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Green Solar Technologies. You know, summer's over, but you homeowners out there are still having to pay crazy electric bills. Have you thought about solar? I'm sure you've seen a lot of your neighbors and your friends going solar Maybe it's time you checked it out and discover the incredible savings you'll enjoy when compared to the ever-increasing bills you pay your utility company. Green Solar Technologies has made going solar an easy, game-changing move. Call my guys at Green Solar today at 310-893-0099 to find out if solar makes sense for you. I bet it will. Call 310-893-0099. That's 310-893-0099. 0099. Also, GST is growing like crazy and is hiring new ambassadors where, with very little effort, you can make a ton of money. To check it out further, ask your solar advisor at the 310-893-0099 number or go to greensolartechnologies.com slash ambassador for additional info. Continuing with Norm Chow on the Ballers with Babies podcast. Okay, you mentioned it earlier, Norman. I got to ask you about it. A 50th wedding anniversary that's coming up. I mean, how did the two of you do it? Uh, 
I learned to say yes, dear, very <laughs> early in my career. And I married a good gal, and she understood the profession and the, and the chance that we had, you know, that we, we had, the, the opportunities that we had. And she took care of our family and, and did a great job with it. And, uh, you know, very blessed to have her. And, and uh, it worked out well because of that. You know, so, so many coaches, because of all the, 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 the demands on your time, you know, have a difficult time with that. And and uh, I, I was very fortunate not to because I, I married a good gal. Well, and I want to ask you about that. I mean, uh, all of the moving around that you're talking about there and uh, people who watch on TV don't know what you guys are doing on a daily basis, how involved it is, how long the hours are. And, I, and I've seen that. And, and so uh, not just with your wife, but with the kids and all that they've got going on as they're growing. How, how did you how did you navigate that? Well, I was blessed, Mark, that I was able to I, have one job. You know, I was at BYU for over 20 years. And at that time, when we first started out in the business, we, my wife and I had made up our minds that, you know, uh, professionally we were going to probably have to take a step back and, and, and try to raise a normal, as normal a family as we could. And we were very, very fortunate. It doesn't happen much these days, but it, it, we were fortunate that it did. You know, all my children went to the same uh, junior high, same elementary, same junior high, same high school. And fortunately, they were able to pass their, you know, all their tests down, right? Pass it down to family. So they all were good students because they all knew before ahead of time what the test was. You know, taking the same <laughs> classes, same teachers. No, I, I kid I kid about that. But we were blessed that way. And then I did leave, you know, when I realized that we had to leave. Uh, my, my youngest was a junior in high school. And I've always regretted that, that I, I wasn't around for junior and senior year, but he turned out okay. So we were blessed that way, and, and it helped. But I think, uh, as, as my wife and I often discussed it, it maybe hurt us a little bit professionally, you know, from moving on uh, to other opportunities that, you know, that you could do that, that would be more, more exciting, whatever the right words are. Uh, by the way, what are your plans for your 50th wedding anniversary? Well, we took, uh, we've already, we've already, we've already celebrated. We took our whole family, grandchildren, everybody, uh, with the exception of two young twins that were just too little and went off to Morocco this summer. Wow. Yeah, we went. uh, (laughs) What was that like? It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, We we were on a tour and, 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 and uh, there were 15 of us, my youngest son and his wife, uh, he couldn't get off work, but. Other than that, we all went and uh, went on a tour. And they they say that if you visit Morocco, you see the world. And it's true because one day, Mark, we were up in the mountains with the nomads. Next day, we were in the Sahara Desert with riding camels. And the next day, we were in a big city. We might as well have been in L.A. And next day, we were at the, at the beach. And, and so we saw all the different parts of it. it absolutely fascinating absolutely fascinating i'd recommend it to anybody that wanted to travel a little bit i think i need to see a picture of you riding a camel coach uh i, I think they felt bad for me because they gave me the grandpa camel i was the shorter camel <laughs> it, was, it was the older one that went real slow <laughs> i love it okay i i want to ask you some things uh about uh the usc days uh that everybody remembers so well And I've always wanted to ask you this. You won't remember it, but I always did. You and I had a conversation in Miami the day before the game you guys played against Oklahoma. And you sort of told me, you know, wink, wink. You're like, we've got them. Uh, And I could more than you saying it, I could see it in your eye. That that you knew 
your offense was going to put up big numbers. And that was supposed to be a close game, people thought. Uh, but but you seemed to know something. What did you know? <laughs> I what I what I felt like I knew was that our guys were ready. Pete did a terrific job of emotionally getting our guys ready to play. And I remember what I do remember is when I left the hotel room, the wife said, "Well, you know how we're going to do." And I said, "You know, mom, I don't know, but I can tell you this: they had better be ready because our kids were ready." And emotionally and physically and mentally, our guys were so ready for that game that, you know, there was no question. And then, and then they liked to play a certain coverage that we knew they liked to play, and we felt like we had some things that we could attack it with. And so, you know, all those things. That, but it was more the confidence that Pete instilled in those guys for that ball game that you knew that unless they, we, they came out just on fire like we were, they were going to have a hard time. You know, you reference, and, yeah, you, you're, you're referencing Pete a lot, and there seems to be some reverence there, and I feel like the world feels like that was, there was some sort of controversy about your departure from USC. Are, are you still in touch with Pete? You know, not too much. I, I, he lives right down the street from us. You yeah, know, I mean, he has yeah. a home in Hermosa. I saw him at the, playing volleyball. Not as much, because, you know, we both, say, I mean, obviously he's busy with what he does, but, you know, I hear that a lot, too, and, and, and it, it was, I mean, Pete, Pete wanted his guys to to move on. You know, it made him feel good that guys were able to improve themselves, you know, Ed and Nick Holt and a lot of the guys. And so he encouraged that. And he told me that the NFL was going to call him. And you couldn't turn yeah, – Mark, working in the NFL for five years uh, allowed us to retire. How's that? Yeah. So, you know, Pete, yeah. Pete knew that. And, you know, obviously the, the stories, you know, we both – like a little bullheaded, but hey, he was the boss now. Right. I, I can tell you that. I can tell you, uh, whatever discussions we had, I always said, "Hey, you're the boss. You tell me what to do. If you're asking for discussion, we'll talk about it. If you want to do something, you just tell me." He's the boss, so no, that's that, that's overrated. That's way, way, and I hear that periodically, and that, that's really not true. What what does stand out when you think back of uh, of your time there? Oh, the the great bunch of young people that we had. They were they were terrific people that we still stay in touch with. Kerry Colbert, Kenichi Udizi, Lenny Vandermeer, all and not just the Carson Farmers of the world. You know all the others that 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 go along with it. Uh, we had a we had a great group of players. The toughest part, Lindell White. You know I still see Lindell periodically. The the the, the, the toughest part of coaching at SC was saying, uh, who do we give the ball to now? You know, they, uh, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Dominic Bird needs a catch. You know, Alex Holmes needs a, needs a catch, but. Above all that, they were great people, great, great young guys that worked their backsides off, believed in the coaches, believed in what they were doing, and and you know it was a, it was a fun ride, wasn't it? Uh, no doubt about it. Were you, were you close to going back when Lane Kiffin went back? Uh no, 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 no. What, 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 uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, no. Well, there was yeah. that time where you know he went back, and I think he. I don't know if he made it public, but there was a lot of rumors that he you know, he was reaching out to you and that maybe you were considering it. And uh, so I wondered if, uh, if that ever went anywhere. You know, Lane did call, in fact. Lane did call. But I tell you what was, what was going on at that time. We were actually, it was really kind of a different deal. We were, my wife and I were actually in Florida. And we were visiting some friends. And when he called, we were actually, she kind of had a little bout. And we, we, she was at the hospital. Okay. She was in the hospital. And that's when Lane called, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we were in the hospital, so I don't think we made. And Lane might have been doing it just to be courteous to the to the you know to the SC people and all that kind of stuff. USC, as you know, is a very very special place. 
I mean, academically and, 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 and athletically, and, and they deserve the best. They really deserve the best. Coach, I had no idea you were an offensive lineman way back when. You're nowhere near big enough to do that. So how did you do that? I, I wasn't a very good one. That was, <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> but, I mean, how did, how did that even end up being your path? I, I I have no idea. I mean, I was an offensive lineman in high school and got a scholarship to be an offensive lineman. I got real lucky with the, the quarterback receiver deal. There was a job open at, at BYU, and, and it was a receiver job. But it was more of a recruiting job. So Lavelle Edwards said, hey, you think you could coach the receivers? I said, you know what? I know nothing about them, but send me to a place or let, let me learn a little bit, and I'll be the best gum receiver coach you've ever had, you know, and, and – uh, so I was fortunate to get the job and to work with some very, very good people. Uh, Ted Tolner is one of them that, you know, was at SC as well and, and, uh, and, and you know, was blessed with, to be taught well. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've come to know part of it is some of my uh, radio co-hosts, I think because they are smart and they, they're, you know, well-spoken, are former offensive linemen. And, and, you know, the world looks at them and they're kind of uh, not, you know, they, they don't get to know a lot of them very well. They're not the big stars. They look like big beasts but very cerebral. Uh, what what makes a good offensive lineman other than just the size and physicality that people see? Well, I think I think you're I think you're accurate. You know, you have to understand the scheme and you have to understand how to work with the others. And and but you know that 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 you play offensive line because you can't play anywhere else, right? You're not good enough to play anywhere <laughs> else. Uh, Ed, Ed, when we were at USC, Ed, Ed was also the recruiting coordinator, and he always told us that he wanted to recruit defensive linemen, period. Defensive linemen. And those that couldn't play defense, he'd move over to offense. Because <laughs> <laughs> he thought they were tougher. I said, well, wait a minute, Ed. Come on now. There were a couple of guys that we needed to recruit. Sam Baker, Ryan Khalil. I don't remember those names. But uh, sure. we, always, we always had a good laugh about that. Um, Coach, I think one of the reasons you're uh, you're fun to talk to and and you know fun to run into, you you are a human being who really seems to be at peace, um, very very happy. And and so I wonder at this stage now, what's still in the plans? What do, what do you still want to do? Well, you know we have our wish list, if you will. Uh, um, I, I don't. You know, I, I we enjoy my wife and I enjoy traveling. We're not we're not uh, you know we don't have to see everything that we need to see. Uh, uh, we, we, we just enjoy our grandkids. We are every morning. We're unpaid Uber drivers. We take three <laughs> of our grandkids to school every morning. And I, you know, there's nothing big, you know, you, you, worry about your health a little bit. My wife had a little health scare a couple of years ago. And in fact, we about had a little, uh, not a little, had an aneurysm, a stroke, and we were very blessed that, that, you know, she was able to recover fully. So we just take every day and, and, and be grateful for what we have, what we did and, and not, not, not look forward to anything anything greater you know i mean going to the ball game was fun you know sure. going to the lily game is fun sure. all of that stuff uh, you know we uh we're just very grateful for what we have how's that yeah no that that absolutely works that's that's wonderful is there is there any coaching at any level still in your future uh you know i i i help like i told you my son my son's an agent a sports agent and uh so, you know, if he has any clients that we kind of fool with, I, I do that a little bit. I work with a couple of young guys, but, but and, you know, the NFL is not going to call an old man. So uh, <laughs> other than that, not not really. I mean, those those new leagues, people have expressed, you know, we've expressed interest in some of those new leagues. I do go over to China a couple times a year. Um, 
to give back a little bit. They're, they're trying to get football started over there. So uh, uh, I hooked up with a guy that, and all the old, my old offensive line coach actually, and uh, in, in college that does some work over there. So I, I do feel good about that, that I'm giving back a little bit, you know, go over there. And, and, and I think their football, their college football probably equates to a, a good JV high school team. But, you know, that doesn't matter. They yeah. want to play. Their enthusiasm is terrific. So, yeah, I think the only disappointment is they, they realize, you know, that I was going over there but with a Chinese last name but didn't realize that I didn't speak Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. maybe I disappointed them. But anyway, I do do that. So, yeah, there's enough going on. And, and like I said, we're we're blessed and we know that every day. And, and uh, I like to see friends succeed. Kyle Whittingham doing a great job in Utah. And, and I, I like to see that. Uh, this grandson that I see playing out on the uh, on the fields around the South Bay is he uh, is he a, is he a prospect? Is he a player? What, yeah, what? he's got he's got to get start eating, get a little bigger. <laughs> uh, actually, I actually have two. Uh, one guy's an offensive lineman; he's rough and tough. The other guy is a receiver; he just needs to get a little bigger. And yeah, but hey, enjoy playing. Doing basketball season, go play basketball. And football, baseball, go play baseball. That's that's what I that's what I. Uh, encourage them to do yeah you know that's what Sam Darnold's parents did didn't they and I I I look at him and I was I had so much fun just kind of taking a look at at a prospect like that who was told hey go uh, go have fun go go play what you want and I, I that's I'm very bullish on the length of his career because I just think he's having fun and, and his head is really screwed on straight well, that's great. That that's good to hear. You know, I I I don't know the young man, but uh, that's really good to hear. And I enjoy watching him play as well. How about your guy? What does he What does he like to play? Yeah, you know, he wants to play golf. Like he he's definitely like he's got my foot speed, coach. So he's not he's not <laughs> playing football. He's a good outside shooter in basketball. He he likes to play baseball too. He really wants to golf. But we're the same. Like I, you know, let him play everything and just sure. let it play out. You know. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, one of my regrets with, when raising my own children, my, my, like I told you about my oldest son, came, he, he was a, a age group tennis player. In fact, I got him started playing tennis until he was about eight, and I couldn't see his serve anymore. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, he came to me, and, and almost apologetically, he said, you know, Dad, would it be okay if I just played tennis? Because he played basketball as well and, and, and gave up basketball and just played tennis. And, and I, I, I said, of course, but, but what got me was that he felt like he had to ask me right you know what i mean and that that means i wasn't pushing it the right way and and i've always we've always talked about laughed about that you know he's he's mid-40s right now but uh uh because they 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 should be allowed to do whatever the heck they want to do no doubt about it all right home stretch let's stick to sports with uh uh, norm chow longtime coach at all levels and uh norm you're a qb guru but now People are frustrated about how easy life has supposedly become for QBs with all these new rules. What are, what are your thoughts? Um, I think I think they needed to do that. Uh, although I did see a uh, – I don't know. Did you see the Patriots game when the, the guy thought he had Tom Brady and yes. Brady? Brady yes. that, that, you know, I, I think yes. that, 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 that the rule is, is they need to fix the rule because of a play like that. Because he had made a good play, and then and then realized he was going to get fined. I guess if he if he was hit him late. So I think they have to they have to um, uh, take care of that. But but also, everyone understands football is quarterback driven. 
And you have to have a healthy quarterback if you're going to be good. So them taking care of quarterbacks is, is okay. It's all right. What are your thoughts on the Pac-12? It, it kind of seems like, uh, I don't want to call it a mess, but it just it seems like the teams are not, you know what I mean? They're just not popping the way they were. What do you think is happening? Uh, too much equality. You know, like the, the, big, the big 12, I mean, the, the big 10 or now the big 12. You know, there's always the UC, uh, Ohio State and the and the and the, the Michigans, if you will, or whatever. But but and then you also have your Northwesterns and Illinois and Indiana's. Here, everybody's about the same. You know, the recruiting is tough. The uh, no one can really step up. Although I don't know why UCLA and UC, USC don't because they're those those are the two that should because of the recruiting areas. But uh, I think it's too, just too much equality. Weigh in on this for me. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and then I'll tell you why I'm asking. But in your mind, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Yes. No. I mean, you, you, again, you're talking to the wrong guy because I'm a biased. I, I love Philip Rivers, not only as a football player, but as a husband and a father and, and all the other things that go along with it. And as a, a tenacious, competitive guy. And because the numbers probably, I don't know if the numbers justify the Hall of Fame, but there's no question in my mind it should be. Yeah, no question. The numbers absolutely justify it. What what sticks in people's minds, though, is that they really equate um, they equate rings, championships, to Hall of Fame candidacy, and, and I'm I'm just not sure if it should be that black and white. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree 100. percent So yeah, you're right. The numbers are good. The championships aren't. You know. A Carl Malone. We grew up Utah Jazz fans with Malone and Stockton. They never won one single championship, but they're Hall of Fame guys. So that's that's unfortunate because when 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 you win when you win a championship, it's not one guy, right? It's a bunch of guys, and the more guys, it's a team. That's why it's a team. Well, and sometimes guys get credit even for just getting there. Like I hear people debating also Carson Palmer and his potential Hall of Fame candidacy. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, that, that's crazy. That I mean, anybody that can have long careers like Philip and, and Carson and and put up good numbers, and like you say, maybe maybe the situation was such they didn't have enough, you know, defenders or they didn't have enough offensive line, whatever it was that, that that didn't allow them to win the championship, shouldn't take away the the the, the accomplishments of these guys. Coach, you were part of a dominant college football run. Do you feel any similarities between that and what Alabama is doing now? Uh, you know, we had a nice run, but it was three or four years. Uh, Alabama's going on five or six years, aren't they? I yeah. mean, that, 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 that's amazing what that guy has done. It absolutely is amazing. That, I mean, that, 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 the, uh, the, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Alabama, but I mean, their, their facility is absolutely out of this world. Sure. And you know, USC has a feel and a half, right? They can't go any further because because there's no room, right. but, uh, 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 so, you know, to see what Alabama has done and, and what you USC has done is, it's phenomenal. And I, I think they are very close. I think they are very close. Although yeah. uh, Alabama is kind of dominating a lot more than, you know, USC, we had a share of tough ball games that had to be played. No doubt. Do you think it's good for the sport when there's one team that's the, that's just that kind of flagship team? Yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that. It gives everybody something to shoot for, right? That's what Ed's trying to be like. I heard an interview with Ed the other day, and, and they talked about <clears throat> the LSU fans, and he says, oh, they're okay. All, the only thing they want you to do is beat Alabama. Right. <laughs> well, well, it's nice to have something to shoot for. 
Uh, no doubt about it. It is. And uh, coach, uh, I'm so glad that uh, I, I shot for uh, this conversation because that was a ton of fun. I thank you so much for taking the time. It's great to catch up with you. Well, the feeling's the same. All the best to you, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. All right, now that you finished another episode of Ballers with Babies, and I thank you for that, I want to invite you to search for and listen to the History of Stand-Up podcast with host Wayne Fetterman. You know Wayne. He was in Curb Your Enthusiasm and Step Brothers. Look, I watch Comedy Central all the time. You ever look at the booming stand-up comedy industry and ask, when did this start? How did this become what it is? The History of Stand-Up tells the story. From vaudeville to Netflix, each episode features special guests like Judd Apatow and Julie Seaball. It's really interesting. It's a bunch of comics, so it's really funny as well. Check out the History of Stand-Up podcast on CastBox now. 